With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga real point of cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you shouldn't. Now look at that doctor, you homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio.
Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Morris. It is June 6, 2015. Um, I am having some technical, technical difficulties right off the bat. Um, so you're going to have to bear with me for a minute. Um, ah, shit. And I, the problem that I'm having is um, I, I can't even play audio, so... Apparently there's uh, some kind of thing going on on the site, and it says, uh, you know, that they're working on the problem, and then, uh, you know, short term, what I could do is I could uh, delete my, what the fuck does it say here? Uh, Quick fixes to delete your browser cookies and clear the browser cache. I don't even know how to fucking do that. So, um yeah, that, that, there's not an easy fix for that. Unfortunately, what I have going on tonight is like the worst possible thing for what I have planned. So, um, again, just bear with me. Um, I'm trying to log in on my iPad right now and see if that does me any justice. If it doesn't, I'm I'm kind of fucked here. Um let me see, studio, this is uh, a fantastic radio, right, I'm, I'm positive of that, um, let me see, and do, 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 do. let me see, um, let me just try to play something. I don't know oh, if that sounds good. Get ready for this new okay, because like coming through my side of things, that sounds absolutely horrendous. Um, all right. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hmm, I'm gonna play this track. And uh, see see if I can figure things out from that. And all right. Uh, otherwise, I really don't know what I'm doing tonight. All right. Superstar J, let's get it in. Superstar J, Amy and Pierre. From the Bronx to Bed-Stuy With my ride or die Leah, Joe, Wyatt, Kanye Niggas getting hit up on the highway The NY way The breadwinner, killer, leg giver Reggie Miller, shot hitter Crack cocaine, rock dealer The unleasher, one who cops sneakers The kid who fly every Easter The master card in the visa The jewelry remover, the point prover The nightmare Freddy Krueger The carjacker, take your Uber The case catcher, the thug who hate rappers The young man Bloody Mary, but a lot scarier. The realest bitch out, the real rules of 
good fella, the hood dweller, the spelling be big word speller, the thugger thugger yeller, the getaway driver, the king of drama, the money splurger, the truth without sojourner, the back block lurker. The four-fifth ripper, the one bitch, torn low clips, ain't scared of no hoe, who bleed once a month, bitch, the boss bitch, the furs in the winner, the long line skipper, instead the hottest chick on the market, nigga. Grim Reaper, the freestyle leaker, the gun in the speaker, the new Jack City repeater, brother's keeper, the comatosa, who never sober, the shoulder host, the soldier, the black Gucci loafers, the strong stamina, world tour, UK, down to Canada, big tipper, they scared of us, giving racks to panhandlers, brick smuggler, number one weed customer, the club rusher, the known gun buster, the shot caller, the one who more real than all of them, the band holder, the dealer taking out the jokers, the weed planner, the card scammer, the hip-hop steady rock jammer, the Millie rock dancer, the mob hitter, gun in my bra, the bra lister, the scar giver, I spit fire, Godzilla, the artist disser, the pissy elevator pisser, blessing my soul with easy Jesus, the E and J sipper, the Mr. Mackey, kept it real since for tacky, I kept the gun in my khakis, since niggas was wearing clothes baggy, the beef bringer, swing like Venus Arena, the alphabetical slaughter recorder, the Nasarima dreamer, the wearer, kills the Chanel chick, Mrs. Get Fly, the fleek bitch, the street crash street bitch, the hood rich, the Instagram lit, the Facebook sick, go on Twitter just so I can block a bitch, the title stripper, black bottle rosé sipper, the bitch who pop bullies nigga, the motorcyclist, the man smart as MacGyver, the high schemer, the Joe Pesci find you and leave you, the life lever, the letter writer, gotta support the lifers, the one who killed the BET cypher, you nice but I'm way nicer, the illest rapper, the mic snatcher, the Benjamin dead press stacker, my wife got a record bragger, the bitch in the mirror, the man in the mirror, the rest of them fairer, they trying to be us, my vision getting clearer, the big whip pusher, I hook up on the fucking hooker, the good looker, I'm still a queen, you hood booger, the block fervor, the 120 learner, I send you to the voicemail, the call curber, the bullet in the burner, killing you motherfuckers, she got my back, I got her back, so they never snuck us, New York's number one shooter, Nikki and Mallory, the Bonnie and Clyde overdoers. All right, so as far as I can tell, everything that everybody else is hearing should be okay. Only, unfortunately, coming through my speaker in my phone, that whole shit sounded like someone kicking a trash can up the road. So um, it's it's really bad. I got to pull up um, the whole, um, you know, the audio thing, whatever you want to call it, the, uh, the soundboard, so to speak on my iPad in order to even hit play on a track. Um, and then on the computer, it's just pretty much blank. Um, like the bars look crazy on, on the soundboard. And like I said, it said, our engineers are working on a solution to fix the audio issue. In the meantime, a quick fix to this is to delete your browser cookies and clear the browser cache. I don't know what the fuck that means. So like I said, I pulled it up on the iPad. Um, I had my girl turn her phone on and, you know, I I heard it through her phone and it sounded clear. Um, when I'm playing these audio things through my phone, it sounds fucking insane. So I'm hoping that all goes well. Uh, what's planned for tonight is around 10 o'clock, um, Deranged is going to call in. Deranged, uh, you know, those... You know, long-term CZW fans, CZW fans, uh, IWA, not South, Mid-South fans um, will remember Deranged from Cold Fiction, of course. Um, Also, 
also, you know, one half of vulgar display of power with the late uh, brain damage. So, you know, he's going to be on, and he's coming on mostly in response to what Nick Gage said about him in his shoot interview recently, which I have, you know, all lined up to play. So hopefully that comes through on his end uh, as well because it's, it's definitely not going to sound good on my end the way the blog talk is doing their thing tonight. So that's that. Um, uh, the other the other thing is, well, you know, I didn't do a show on Wednesday because uh, I kind of put it off. I had, um, towards the end of my Wednesday, I had a headache, and uh, I said, you know, fuck this shit. Not putting a stop to anything. Took my uh, pre-workout, which actually eased my headache off, but then brought some, like, I felt, like, nauseous and fucking and all that. But it didn't stop me, you know what I mean? I just went right into the fucking gym. I actually did a banging-ass um, tricep workout and some abs and, like, 750 stairs on the stair thing. So I was able to push through. I was really happy about it because years ago I definitely would have fucking, I would have just not went to the gym because I didn't feel good. And, um, you know, my my drive is definitely getting better and better as time goes, which is a good thing at 37. So, um, and this is coming off of last weekend. I did my second Spartan race of the year. I'm two-thirds of the way through my trifecta now. That was the um, the Spartan sprint. Now, you know, going into the weekend, I really I had so much confidence going in. Um, you know, I've been doing a ton of training, so of course, I mean, you have the right to be confident when you train your ass off for something. That's 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 why you train to to be assured that you can complete something when you get there. So I, you know, all of that was all good, but um, you know, part of my confidence also came from knowing that, hey man, I just did the biggest Spartan race of them all. I did the beast last year. I did the sprint, but that doesn't count for this year. But either way. Last year I did the sprint, but hey man, I did the fucking beast last month. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing the smallest one. The only one that I have yet to complete up until this past weekend was the sprint, and it was the smallest of all the Spartan races. So I figure, man, this thing is a uh, you know up around five miles. I just did fucking thirteen mile Spartan race. I'm like, man, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this course, you know? Well. Little do I know, they fucking, they make this bitch hard. And afterwards, I actually read some um, reviews that some people put up from different sprints saying, man, this sprint was harder than the beast I did or this, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of people saying that type of thing. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck. And as I was doing it, I really started to realize, like, man, they pack all the hardest shit of the beast into the five-mile sprint. So, um, although it doesn't have the longevity or the distance of that uh, of that beast, you get the motherfucking brunt of that shit. Um, so, Tuxedo Park, New York, was where it was held. Uh, it said in the past this was the same place that I did my first ever race, which was the Foam Fest which was, you know, pretty much nothing, but in the same token, the terrain was badass. And this uh, reminded me of how badass that terrain is. Tuxedo Park, New York, is one badass course. Um, The rocks are just fucking tremendous. Um, You know, Vernon, New Jersey is where the beast was, 
and the beast, honestly, uh, even though tremendous elevation, the elevations on this that beast were absolutely crazy. Like some of the views you'd see from the top of the mountain were just like, holy shit, look at this. You, know, you, you feel like you see the rest of the world from the top of that thing. Well, this had its elevation points, but more so than anything, just jagged, jagged, rough in hills. And, you know, it, it just felt not smooth at all. Definitely not smooth at all. And, um, you know, going from the, uh, the beast I did, the beast I did had, um, some snow on those mountains still because, you know, they make the snow ski slopes. And as long as our winter carried on, well, that was the longer their ski season carried on. So when I did the beast in Vernon, wasn't a ton of snow, but you had in some points and some portions snow, you know, and, uh, from, you know, what the snowmakers had made and, you know, only a couple of weeks removed from them actually having skiers on those mountains. Um, you know, you figure that was April, probably early March. There were probably still skiers out there because, you know, it stayed cold. It stayed really fucking cold for us. So, um, on the uh, the barbed wire crawl, at least one of them, if not both of them, you were crawling on fucking snow. The mountains were pretty smooth, and um, you know, as smooth as mountains go. And the barbed wire crawl was on fucking snow. So that was a definitely unique thing that I had never um, experienced before was fucking crawling on snow, especially when it was hot. It was about eighty degrees in April doing that and, um, you know, and on fucking snow. So it was a really weird, weird thing. Now the big, big difference of this tuxedo park, New York, there was no motherfucking snow. Number one, number two, the crawl that you were doing there was on jagged ass rocks. Fuck the barbed wire that was, uh, you know, uh, above you, the jagged ass rocks were the biggest fucking issue as far as those, uh, those army crawls across because you know for those that haven't done this type of race this shit's about a block long these uh barbed wire crawls are not you know five strands of barbed wire it is it's about you know a block long you know um you know like five six houses long you know like an entire block and um you just keep going and going and you know all the people in front of you you're either trying to weave in and out of them because, you know, there's so many people in your way and people going slower and people not moving, or, you know, you're stuck behind them just on your, your forearms and knees and shit, or, you know, or the tips of your toes, depending on how you're, uh, you're. and, uh, yeah, those sharp ass fucking rocks, man, those are, uh, those are badass. That shit hurts quite a bit. So, you know, went through the whole thing. Um, I ended up, Coming in 4.05 out of 5. Let me look. I, I know I wrote it down here. Um, I came in. Where the fuck is this? Dude, now, now the iPad wants to play games with me. This shit is crazy. Okay. I came in 4.05 out of 5,729 people racing. That's a lot of motherfuckers right there. So, 67 in my age group. So, hey, man, I was uh, very, very happy with the outcome, you know, considering 
what I was up against, how many people were there. And, um, yeah, man, that, that is a lot of fucking people. It was packed. And, you know, I kind of saw that right off the bat. Like it made a lot of sense because, you know, it's a lot easier to talk somebody into doing a five mile race than it is to talk somebody into doing a 13 mile race. So obviously this race is going to be a million times more packed than the, um, the Spartan beast. So, uh, yeah, next up, I'm doing the Battle Frog race. That is actually two weekends away. Next weekend will be Tournament of Death. And um, a week from today is Tournament of Death. And the weekend after that is Battle Frog, followed by King of the Death Match. So I have a hell of a June ahead of me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to this whole month. Um, as far as more things to look forward to, especially, you know, with this show, listeners, next Wednesday, this actual coming Wednesday, my guest on the show will be a guy I've been trying to get for a long time, and that is the ultra-violent beast Masada. I am looking forward to talking to this guy very much so. Um, so much to ask the guy. He's a guy who never holds back, not even a little bit. So. Um, He's going to be an entertaining guy to talk to. And the week after that, which will be the week following Tournament of Death, and uh, before my next race, will be um, the American kickboxer, trainer of the Naptown Dragons. And, um, you know, I mean, the guy's been through a lot. He's been around the block many a times. And uh, that guy's got stories to tell, too, man. So a lot of great guests coming up, a lot of big things coming up. Um what else? What else? Um, well, um, the uh, one thing I, I wanted to point out because um, the uh, Caitlyn Jenner thing has been uh, circling and circling, and you know, there's a bunch of different points that I have and a bunch of different thoughts that I have about the situation. One of them being that, well, you know. It is a huge thing. It's obviously a huge thing to come out like that and, you know, put your shit out there. And, um, you know, uh, on one side of things, you know, I get really tired when it becomes every single thing. If someone says, hey, that was courageous or, hey, that was brave or something like that, you get the people to come out of the woodwork and say, well, you know, Fucking bravery. What about the soldiers overseas? Listen, I understand. No one's saying this fucking, this is the bravest person in the world. They're just saying fucking brave or courageous or whatever. And I'm not even putting, um, you know, a little Caitlin over there uh, on a pedestal. I'm just saying, like, Jesus Christ, why does everything have to go back to the troops or something else? That's like saying, like, every time you see someone do something athletic, go, Oh, fucking, you think that's athletic? What about LeBron? What about LeBron, motherfucker? Well, you know, oh, yeah, you made that shot. Fucking, what do you think LeBron does? It's like, dude, that doesn't I mean this shit doesn't count. I don't know what the fuck is that, you know? I mean, I don't understand why every time someone does something and, and a word like brave or something like that is used, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, well, what about the troops? Well, no one said they weren't brave. I, you know, obviously that that's a whole different level. But again, it's like if every time someone, you know, did something good athletic and you're like, oh, yeah, well, what about Barry Sanders? It's like, 
what, is, what the fuck does that have to do with this right here? I didn't say Barry Sanders ain't shit compared to what I did. I just said it's, like, it's not like they said, hey, move over, troops. Caitlyn Jenner's here. You'd be like, Jesus Christ, fucking. They just said, hey, man, that's, that's fucking courageous. 65 years old, fucking Olympic athlete to come out and be like, hey, by the way, I'm chopping my cock off, uh, you know. So, you know, I that that's the first thing that, that kind of gets me. It's like, why the fuck this? Everyone have to squash shit and pretend like nothing matters unless it's the um, the utmost importance, which, you know, I get it. I mean, I have no qualms about which one is more heroic. Jesus Christ, of course, the heroes are the guys fighting for our country and risking their lives. Of course, that's that's the case. But I don't think that was even brought up other than the people who were trying to push everything down that has the word courage attached to it. Jesus. I don't think, uh, you know, Bruce Jenner's a hero or anything by any stretch of imagination. I'm just saying, you know, when the two things constantly get prepared, compared, it gets so irritating. Number one, number two, um, this whole fucking situation is so blown out of proportion and so media fucking exposed. Um, you know, when it becomes that he or she, wanted to wanted to live her life without secrets and without wanted to really, you know, be herself and this is what, you know I mean, the easiest way to do that is to fucking disappear. Like no one is looking for fucking Bruce Jenner. Nobody. This this dude has been a staple of the fucking Kardashian household fucking uh reality shows. Other than that, nobody would know where the fuck he at. You know, nobody would know where the fuck he is like Nobody knows where the fuck the majority of the Olympic athletes who've won fucking medals are. So he's made it his his business to be constantly exposed in the limelight. So when it comes down to, hey, man, I just want to do my own fucking thing, well, I mean, that would be really, really easy to do if you didn't bathe in the fucking the media, you know, every minute. Because, it, I mean... Bruce Jenner could have went off, got a complete gender reassignment, whatever the case is, and you wouldn't know whether he did or he didn't. And he could live his own fucking life without anybody knowing anything. If if someone just saw the, this uh, Quagmire's dad-looking fucking Caitlyn Jenner running around, no one would go, hey, is that fucking Bruce? Like, you, you, you think it's Bruce and you know it's Bruce because you're seeing it's fucking Bruce talking to you on the TV going, hey, I'm about to do this. Now look at me as that. Like, if it was really about just living her own life and being comfortable in her own skin, well, then just do your own fucking thing, live your identity the way that you want it to be without exposing the transition as much. I mean, if that's what you want to do is expose the transition, that's fine. The other thing is, is um, from what they're saying, her her worth and value is going from one hundred million to five hundred million. So this is a money making excursion. This isn't something where she's trying to free herself and become free. It's a money making fucking grab, just like every other thing that the fucking Kardashian household has done. And it's not like a ton of that money is going towards uh, you know. You know, bullied trans transgender kids, or uh, you know, people who who can uh, you know live live their true identity without being bullied, or or transgender people who don't have the money for the fucking crossover surgery and 
And, uh, you know, Jenner's going to go help fucking make that shit happen, help dreams come true. People, you know, live their actual life and how they always wanted to be and how they they truly feel they are but don't have the luxury that he does, you know, or she does. Um, This isn't about any of that. So, you know, there's a lot of spinning going on by the media. There's a lot of changing things around and turning things into, well, you know, look what he's doing. And uh, it's, it's a money grab. It's fucking huge money grab. And, um, you know, it is what it is. I don't give a shit one way or another. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous when they're going out of their way to, you know, um, fucking compare him to, you know, all these other actual famous women. I mean, these, these famous women have got to be like on the edge of a fucking bridge every time someone mentions uh, a dude who just decided he's a chick. I mean, whether he just decided it or not, or, you know, uh, made the crossover to the point where his image is a chick, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden immediately he's a doppelganger for all these other already famous women. They got to be really on the fucking the edge of a cliff. Um, you know, I, I've seen a bunch of different things. Uh, the other morning I saw Wendy Williams was going to talk about it, which is good because I was wondering what other transsexuals thought about it. So, um, you know, <laughs> I, I I go to work, so I didn't even see what her take was. So, but that was that was my thoughts uh, on that whole situation, and um, it is what it is. Uh, the Cleveland Cavs, man, I watched the game last night, and of course LeBron is getting fucking buried as usual, and uh, you know it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you're talking about a banging ass, um, you know, finals. LeBron brought that fucking team to the finals, despite love not being with the team and everything else. And, um, you know, now they're, they're even more of an underdog because uh, Kyrie Irving is, is he just had a, a fractured left kneecap last night and has se- season-ending surgery. So uh, the team's got to go on without him as well. LeBron had a career game, and... Um, or, or not last night, I should say, Thursday night, um, had a career game. And, uh, you know, one of the best playoff games of his career, I think the best playoff game of his career. And nobody would have said a motherfucking thing if his last, if his final shot would have went. He had something that would have been somewhat of a buzzer beater. He had a final shot that was up. If the rim came off, Shumpert went to, uh, try, to try to put it in there. Uh, you know, he had a chance at it, throw, threw it back up, hit the rim. That would have ended it, too. If that would have ended it, too, it would have been, you know, how amazing LeBron's game was. But the fact of the matter is it went to OT, and LeBron didn't have a good OT. He just he didn't have a good OT. I mean, what can you do? You put in a career game, and then, uh, you know, it goes to OT, and everybody, now, now everybody's critical about LeBron this, LeBron that. He, he couldn't get it done, all of this bullshit. Um, the fact of the matter is, and a lot more people are finally seeing it, which is great to me, is um, LeBron James is one of the best basketball players of all time. And, you know, his whole career, all he's been compared to is Jordan, is Jordan, is Jordan. Oh, he's not Jordan. He's not Jordan. Well, you know, uh, I heard during the game while he was putting on his fantastic performance, 
this guy's not just Michael Jordan. This guy's Magic Johnson as well, because his passing ability, his his uh, his on court vision, the amount of different things that he's able to do on the court at the same time far surpasses what Jordan was capable of. Jordan was able to nail shots. Jordan was able to, you know, dominate the floor that way. And, um, you know, he, he did some crazy fucking air on his dunks and looked good on his dunks when he, uh, you know, got that shit going, especially in the first half of his career. But as far as controlling the floor, making his entire team better by having that on-court vision, that's something that Michael Jordan never had. That fucking strong post-game that LeBron has, that fucking dominant big boy game that he's got. Jordan never had that. The fucking rebound presence, the shot blocking presence that LeBron has. Jordan never had that. LeBron James is the complete package. And it's something that, that Michael Jordan wasn't capable of. Hate it or love it, motherfuckers. Jordan did not have the complete skill set that LeBron James had. He doesn't. He didn't. And that's the bottom fucking line. I mean, imagine taking Michael Jordan and adding Carl Carl Malone to that motherfucker. That's some of what you get out of fucking LeBron James. Add, go and add fucking, uh, you know, some um, Magic Johnson to Michael Jordan. That's what you're getting out of LeBron James. This is shit that Michael couldn't do by himself. So whether people like it or hate it, and of course they hate it. I mean, that's that's been the theme for LeBron's career. But the fact of the matter is, is it's it's not going away. It's not going away, guys. He carried his fucking team on his back. This is a team he he carried on his back a way that Michael Jordan couldn't. When Mike went to the fucking Wizards, all he did was cry about why isn't everybody playing as hard as him? Well, because they're not Michael Jordan, motherfucker, and you don't make people better by being on the team. LeBron James make people better, makes people better by playing on the fucking team. That's the type of ball he plays. He plays the type of ball that people want to play with him. People, you know, and shit. People want to compare him to Kobe, too. They keep making that. Nobody wants to play with Kobe. Everybody wants to play with LeBron. There's your big fucking difference. So it's absolutely ridiculous. It's going to continue to be ridiculous. And, hey, when LeBron's fucking career is, is all said and done, then you can compare stats. There's going to be a lot of stats. There's going to be a lot of categories that that, uh, Jordan doesn't show up in. You could focus on one big category here or one big category there. Maybe it'll be titles. Maybe it'll be this. Maybe it'll be that. But there's going to be a lot of other categories that LeBron excels in that Jordan doesn't show up in. You know, the rebounding, the the shot blocking, you know. LeBron could guard anybody on the fucking court. If there's a guy on the other team that is dominating at center, fucking LeBron could guard that dude. LeBron, he could guard a point guard. He could guard anybody on the court if he wants to. If they need LeBron to shut down somebody on the court, LeBron will go do that. And that's something you cannot just get from anybody. Motherfuckers love to diminish what he's worth on the court, but the fit of the matter is, is you can't fucking do it. You can hate that he went to Miami. That's on you. Now he's back here, and he's going to win titles. Hate it or love it. And if he wins this fucking title, love out fucking 
Irving out, man, you motherfuckers better start giving him fucking credit. Because that shit wouldn't happen for a motherfucking second if fucking Scotty went out and fucking Steve Kerr went out or some shit like that during those fucking bull seasons and Jordan would just put the team on his back. That shit would not fucking happen. Don't get it fucked up. Um, what else, man? Um, shit. Kevin Owens. Been meaning to talk about this. This guy is absolutely killing it. He signed a big deal, um, which is supposedly like, you know, main roster deal. I think that's supposed to be like over a hundred grand a year automatically if you sign that type of deal, which is awesome for him. Um, he's still the NXT champion. Um, he's in a in a motherfucking feud with John Cena, which I had said before, Cena's a fucking beast for putting these young guys over, just being in feuds with them, being in competitive matches with them. Cena is doing these guys a million points of justice by doing that. So big shout-out to that guy for that. But my opinion, Kevin Owens is going to be the new CM Punk. And I feel that he's going to take it to a higher level than it even was before. Reason being is, number one, Kevin Owens is the guy right now that can cut your average guy-type promo. He's got the promo ability, and he, but he's got the personality that comes off as a regular guy, not a larger-than-life, super-juiced-up superstar, not an untouchable guy who cuts, you know, uh, game show host promos. Not any of that comes off as a genuine dude. And that's something that a lot of people have tried to replicate, especially on the indies. Everybody coming out with their fucking, oh, allow me to shoot for a minute. Fuck you. It's the most overdone fucking thing since CM Punk was around and he fucking blew up on the big screen. Every fucking indie guy grabs a mic and pretends to shoot on their fucking friends in the ring. And it's fucking corny. No one buys it. Shit doesn't sound genuine. Doesn't sound authentic. Fans can see right through it. The connection that a CM Punk had made everybody want to know, what is this guy going to say next? What is he going to say next? What has he got for us? And it was interesting. And it, and it gave you that connection of a regular guy giving his thoughts and opinions and able to verbally tear down another guy's argument or other guy's promo or view on the upcoming match. It was like a regular guy's fucking on-point perspective where this guy's going to go out there and he's going to fucking lay the law down. He's going to tell you how he feels. He's going to tell you the way it is. But he's going to tell you like, you know, a regular guy with a good argument has. Not you know, the um, the showmanship, you know, scripted John Cena. And, you know, and, and again, I'm not bashing Cena because, like I said, he's, he's the fucking guy. Um, but the John Cena, oh, here's what I'm going to do, Jack. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win that title. You know, that that's not, you know, that's not the regular guy promo. That's, that's the fucking company flagship fucking, uh, you know, billboard guy, John Cena is the company guy, he is your fucking, your marketable face, he is your, you know, he's your bread and butter as far as what you would build an entire company around, but he's not going to get that down, down deep, uh, 
regular guy connection. You know what I mean? And that's what CM Punk did, and that's the feeling I'm getting off of Kevin Owens. And um, the other thing is, you know, the WWE, since CM Punk left, they're still getting fucking CM Punk chance. Why can they not replicate that? Why can they not fill that void? Because no one had that fucking vibe. No one had that vibe. They started to flirt with that a little bit with uh, Dean Ambrose, but they're already too married to the crazy guy gimmick. They couldn't. They couldn't do that full transition without a, in abandoning the crazy guy gimmick and having them be fucking down to earth guy. And once they did that, you really can't get the crazy thing back. I mean, you could have him bump his head and do some nutty shit, but um, if you're going to sell him as a crazy guy, you can't have him as a relatable everyday guy. So I don't think they wanted to make that sacrifice with him. And um, you know, they they really haven't had an answer for the CM Punk character or the CM Punk spot so to speak Kevin Owens and uh you know you know damn well the WWE offices want that fucking chant to stop in the building you know the CM Punk CM Punk every time something happens because they're not getting them back so it does zero business for them to keep hearing a guy's name who's they're not going to get back in the company um especially when he's you know going to be fighting for the UFC whatever um so there's that. Um, the other thing is, is CM Punk never really had a good relationship with Triple H. I mean, maybe working-wise, but they didn't really like each other. And Triple H loves fucking Kevin Owens. So, I mean, all the more reason why he's going to happily get that push and fucking run with it and, and do well. I think he's really going to excel at it. The guy can work. The guy's got the personality and charisma. He's got all of that believability. And, um, you know, he's, he's proven it fucking early and often, man. He, he's in there fucking killing it. I mean, what what more can you say about the guy? Um, I'm really happy. I mean, I was a guy, I was a, I was a Kevin Steen fan from early on. I have a red and a black Mr. Wrestling t-shirt, uh, you know, both the red and the black one. And, uh, you know, when he came over from IWS, I was, I was very fucking happy, you know, with, um, the Canadian group from Steen to Generico to, you know, sexy Eddie to, um, excess was more or less their technical guy. He never panned out as much. Um, you know, and then they had the other guys that came, you know, even like the Kenny, the bastards. I like, um, Arsenal was a bad little motherfucker. Um, I wish he would have stayed around in the death match scene for a lot longer. Cause man, he had a lot of innovative, really cool and believable shit for a tiny little guy. Um, Damien was a bad motherfucker. As far as the stiff shit went very small guy too, but, um, he had some really fucking stiff stuff going on. And, um, I don't know something, I don't know what happened with him either, but I, I always liked the Canadian group and Steen. I always liked Steen. Um, was a guy that, hey, man, I had all the comments in the world. When he got fucking way out of control fat and he looked exactly like Chaz Bono, I was the first one to fucking point it out and put side-by-side pictures up on fucking Facebook and everything because the motherfucker looked like Chaz Bono, straight up. And that's that's the type of shit that I do. If I like somebody and I see them going in a bad direction, I'm going to fucking talk about it. I'm straight up about everything I see, everything I feel. That's that's something that some people get and and respect, and other people can't handle it. They like real talk if it caters to them. 
if it does not cater to them, that's when they call you a dickhead or they don't like you or, you know, they try to bash what you're doing because the, the real shit is, is no longer um, satisfying to them. A lot of people love that you keep it real if it's not based at them. Once it gets steered in their direction and it may not be the most pleasing to their ears, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work out as well. But that's that's just the way that I live. I, I live straight up, man. I'll tell you how I feel. I'm brutally fucking honest about things. I don't say things just to say it, you know. And that's where a lot of people get fucked up. So anyway, I um, I, yeah, like I said, I, I'm happy with uh, what's going on with him. He's absolutely killing it in there. Um, let me see if I can pull up this track. And I'm going to take a break, check out this Predator remix I threw together. I think all you guys, especially that heard my last show, will recognize the uh, sample and uh, hopefully enjoy it. And hopefully soon after this track, um, I will have uh, Deranged on the show. There's no stopping what can't be stopped. No killing what can't be There's something out there waiting for us. Like, better get it done, die, it's a fact. So who is Ice Cube? I'm a 
you know, right from there, he got like a certain amount of money, uh, millions of dollars, and overdrew himself by a couple hundred thousand dollars because he wasn't thinking about taxes. He wasn't thinking about anything. He went right into the car dealerships. He bought a car. Um, I forget what he said he bought. But um, he went home. And his dad was like, where's mine? He's like, I'm on. And brought him right back and bought him one. And, you know, he said his mom was looking like, ah, you know, and she didn't ask for one, but he said, ah, shit. So then he went and bought her. And next thing you know, uh, they called up the, uh, the bank called up and said, hey, listen, man, we got to talk to you. We we don't want to see you go down the road that a lot of athletes go down. Uh, you're going to have to get this spending under control because, uh, you know, you're already, uh, you know, 300 grand in, in, uh, in the hole. You're overdrawn by a couple hundred grand. So I was like, oh, shit. So that's when he got an accountant and went from there, he said. But um, at one point, he had walked in to um, somewhere. I think he was uh, he was playing for the Lakers when he first started playing for the Lakers. And uh, he walked into a Bentley place. And he, was, he said he came off of practice or something. He said he had some fucking Lakers shorts. And, um, you know, he walked in there. He was just looking around. He didn't even really like them. But um, he was looking and uh, said the older guy, you know, walked up and um, he said, you know, he could tell that the dude didn't even know who he was. And um, he looked at him and he said, can you afford these, son, or something like that? He said, so off of that, he, you know, he took that as disrespect. He uh, He bought three of them. So... Just like that, he bought three Brentleys, and he said, I, I barely even drove them. He's like, I, I don't even know what I did. He's like, I think I traded them in for something different later on in the future or some shit like this. He's like, I didn't, you know. He said early on he did a lot of dumb shit with money, mostly vehicles. Um, he said, um, you know, he, he, he bought a Ferrari and then, you know, immediately looked at it and said, well, fucking, I, I can't fit in this damn thing. Um he looked at a convertible and said, well, if we just make it a forever convertible and remove the top completely, push the seat all the way back, now I could fit in there. And um, the first seven-footer in a, in a Ferrari, that would be Shaq. So, um, you know, Shaq's a, Shaq's a crazy ass dude. But, you know, he talks pretty open. And, um, yeah, I, I'm always going to enjoy all the different things that Shaq does over the years because uh, he's just a tremendously entertaining dude. And, um, yeah, this, this was no different. So, uh, Shaq's, uh, big podcast. I do believe that's what it's called. Um, Durant should be calling in very shortly. Let me see what else I got going on. Um, well, tournament of death is coming up and, uh, you know, they've lined some things up for it. I don't have the fucking page up on, on, uh, on my screen here. I should probably do that. Um, let me see if I can do that. <laughs> I am so tremendously organized and prepared, as always. Um, you know, I mean, what can you do? Uh, you know, there's other podcasts that are much more uh, "quote unquote" prepared, but not nearly as uh, not nearly as good. I still consider myself better for some reason. It might just be delusion. I mean, it. it it may very well be delusion, but um, I, I still I still look at a lot of these fucking podcasts and uh, I can't stand them. 
Anyway, so um, the uh, COD is coming up, uh, obviously, a week from today. And we'll talk some more about it on Wednesday. But uh, first round match is going to be DJ Hyde versus The Wrench, Connor Claxton versus Gage in a three-way. We're going to have the Bulldozer match, Tremont taking on Josh Crane. A barbed wire boards match in Ron Mathis versus Jake Crisp. A light two bundles match in Ricky Shane Page versus Danny Havoc. A non-tournament scaffold match, which, you know, obviously um, Devin Moore is is a king of the scaffold match. He's going to be up against Dave Crist. I think they're going to absolutely kill that. Um, And then another non-tournament, this is an LOL match, which is apparently a ladders, orange sacks, and Legos match. And that will be uh, Lucky 13 versus Eric Ryan. That should be very entertaining. Uh, They will be doing that show. They will be returning to South Philadelphia um, in July. July's date, I believe that's the 11th or something along those lines. Because I have a race that day. So I'm going to try to make both. I'm going to try to do the Rugged Maniac and then come back, take a shower, hop in hop in the car and uh head out there. Well we'll you know, we'll hope for the best on that. If not, you know, worst case scenario I'll be watching the eye pay per view. But um you know, I guess we'll see. Um what else? What else? What else? I'm trying to pass time right now. King of the Death match is going to be a monumental trip. I'm gonna have to um play around with the audio and stuff, do some kind of test show stuff going to Tournament of Death just so I can test and see what's going on for um, the King of the Death, because it's going to be crazy. I do think I have my guest on right now. Let me see. Uh, I don't know why this is not coming. There we go. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Ah, man, I can't hear you too well. I'm sorry, I'm on my cell phone, and I'm just leaving a show. That's all right. I think there's audio difficulties going on with this uh, this podcast thing tonight, so um, I'll try my best to hear you. Um, I I definitely wanted to talk to you. Um, you know, for those who don't know, this is uh, deranged of cult fiction fame and, uh, you know, many, many other things. Um, Deathmatch veteran, and... Um, Definitely want to get your opinion on some things that uh, have been said about you. By uh, are you sure you want that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Like I said, I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing you, but I know it's being recorded. It's just what's coming through my speaker, so just bear with me. But um, okay. Let me see. I, I got the uh, I got the recording here, so it's about um, it's about two minutes long, two two and a quarter, and um. You know, he had a lot to say about you in the shoot interview that he did, and uh, I'm gonna let me go ahead and play it, and then uh, you know after that you can, you know, vent all you like, man. All right, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this, but let's all go. Right. Um, yeah, I don't have the ability to pause it or anything, so uh, even though you're gonna want to, I'll try to hang on. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Deranged, deranged. And we talked about, you know, you had that no-rope barbed wire match 
And tore his ass up, made him retire. Well, he shoved the. Uh, well, he was talking shit. You shoved the fork in his eye. Yeah, he didn't write it there. What do you mean he was talking shit? He was talking shit on the computer to get the end of the company. I don't remember that. Yeah. So people sure. were telling me. I don't know. He apologized what? to me for it, so I know it was true. Do you remember Billy Graham? Yeah. Cool guy? Yeah. Strange, he be? strange guy. Is strange and weird the same thing? Strange can be a lot weird, just weird, man. You're a weird dude, man. So strange. Strange is strange to be alright, though. You know what I mean, it bothered like me. It was nice to me, real respectful. He asked about you a lot when he was on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the range, as far as in the ring. Sucks. Couldn't hang with you? Oh, we found that out. Him through the bar wire and he quit. Well, he did a minute. Well, he ain't got a minute. He's all mole over you. You're not gonna quit, man. When a fire death match, first round with no rope bar wire. You go through a little bit of bar wire and then you're done. Well, I mean, you had kind of a bad experience with fire. Did I quit? Did I quit? No. Alright, kept wrestling, right? Yeah. All right. Did I cry, complain? No. Well, you were in some pain. In pain, but did I cry, complain, or quit? Like, I can't do this no more. No. I went right back in and then got DVD through three sheets of glass from the concrete by Necro Butcher and sliced my fourth temple right here. Mm. Right. Should ask you about that. Don't try to compare me with the range right there. No. Yeah. Well, that's what you try to do. No, I just said fire is fire. You know, maybe the guy didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, you better it. Well, what do you mean? You knew about it. You wanted to be in it. Well, he fell right through the wire. Well. I mean, I just, I'm just saying, you can give the guy a minute. Yeah, you got a minute, man. All right, so that's that's what was said. Okay, well, first of all, let me clarify a few things for you. I'm not the one that called the home spot on that. Mr. Nick Gage was the one that called the home spot. He's the one that ended that match early, not me. All right. Second, if you look at it, I'm the one that actually went through the barbed wire. He was the one that was supposed to go through it earlier in the match, and the motherfucker pattered out, not me. He's the one that dodged the barbed wire, not me. I've done several no rope barbed wires since then, and I've always gone through the barbed wire. Yeah. Another thing. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta get it for you. I said some shit after 2006 King of the Death matches. Maybe it was even 2005. I might have apologized to him then. Not this time. Nikki. I really hope that this is just a work by you and not a shoot. Yeah. I hear you running your mouth a lot there, Nick. Not just about me, but about Ian and IWA in general. You might bleed black and yellow, 
but I bleed black and red. I've drank the fucking Kool-Aid. I've bought in. I'm all in. IWA, your blood in, your blood out, and I haven't bled out yet, you motherfucker. Yeah. Jay, I'm getting really worked up now. <laughs> I hear you, man. What's up, um, Jay? It's Mr. Insanity. Toby's with me here, too. It's Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein. How you doing, Jay? How you doing, Toby? I'm all right. Trying to keep my buddy in, in, in uh, his anger down right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got you. some good um, news, I'll get, I'll get to do a face-to-face uh, interview with Nick Gage in person on June 26th. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's going to be down there at King of the Death match, so uh, that's for sure. I mean, Pretty funny that old Nick was uh, running his mouth about Ian, but now he's taking money from him to be in the – the, the annual King of the Death Matches tournament. I don't, I don't know about you, and obviously I'm a weird and strange guy, but that that seems weird to me. Maybe it's the whole cult fiction thing. Maybe weird, just weird. Maybe, maybe everything is weird to me, but I don't know. Something about that just smells fishy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the other clip that um I have of him talking about Ian. It's only about fifty seconds, fifty seven seconds long. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty bad. And um, here, here's that one. All right, 2004, you did King of the Death and Tournament of Death. Yeah. Same thing in 2003. You started going out for Ian. Ian's a big fan of yours. You're a big fan of Ian Rotten? He owes me money. I don't like to get paid. All right. I don't like the way he does this. Personally, he treated me fine every time I went out there. Very respectful and anything like that. Is this in? He's a little grimy. Right. Um, how about in the ring? Oh. Him in the ring? Yeah. When I wrestled him, he's all right. He's been a fork over his head. His in ring ability's horrible. He sucks at wrestling. He just knows how to cut his forehead and throw himself through a table. Right. You don't even know how to call a match no more. You haven't seen him in a while. I don't want to see him, man. Are you about to see him? Yeah. We'll see about that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I don't really know. So many things going through my head right now. Yeah. What do you think, Toby? I think Nick likes to work. I think he likes to work shoots. And I think that if he thinks he can make money in the future off of comments, I think he's going to do it. So I'm 100% sure that when he sees Ian Rotten face-to-face or sees Deranged face-to-face, it would be a totally different tune. It would be a handshake and a hug, and it was, oh, it was just business, my friend. Is that how I should take it? I would laugh it off. Coming from who it's coming from, I would just laugh about it. I'm not in a very laughing mood right now, though. I realize that, but you got to play it how it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, Jay, yeah. 100%. He sees Nick, Nick sees deranged or sees Ian face-to-face. It's a 100% different tune. It's a handshake and a hug and a laugh, and I just did it for the business. I was ready for it to come... Maybe make us some money in a match down the line. 
Well, yeah. it's funny because I've heard that Nick made me retire. So, therefore, deranged, deranged is retired. If I ever come back, there's no more deranged. That's it's going to be Brandon Lee. It's funny. I wrestled you five years after he wrestled you. And what happened in that match? My nose. <laughs> Does that sound like I'm retired? No. <laughs> maybe deranged. Maybe maybe Brandon Lee broke your nose then. No, it was deranged. I remember. You know, it's kind of funny that, you know, Toby and I, the one not one thing, but one of the major things that we share in common is uh, big brain damage, God rest his soul. And right. everybody was legitimately scared of Big Marv. But the funny thing about the whole thing was brain damage was scared of me. He knew that there was something in me that when I got pissed off, there was a switch that went off in my brain. And that's when he got very scared of me. And I feel that switch tinkering right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Toby said, I mean, a lot of it might be just like that work shoot. Um, I, I really don't know. I know, you know, coming out of prison, he's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot of, uh, you know, a spot to try to reclaim. I, I'm not justifying him speaking this way about other guys because, I mean, burying other people isn't, you know, the right way to do it by any stretch, but um, that's that's most likely what's happening. Well, it's funny that Nick calls himself the man because he took advantage of a lot of young guys and a lot of people within that ring, hitting them in the back of the head with various objects, hitting them when they weren't looking, when they weren't ready for stuff, changing spots to get himself over. That's one thing I found out about in the ring with Nick. He likes to do that a lot. And if you watch a lot of his matches, it's blatantly obvious that that's what he does. Hey, Jay. <laughs> Jay. Yeah. I wrestled, I wrestled Nick Gage at the Tournament of Death in 2002. And right. You could tell right from the start of the match that he was out for Nick Gage. He was out for Nick Gage's safety, and he was out to put himself over. And if you happened to get him in his way, he would uh, easily do what he had to do. He would protect himself first and foremost. And you know the wrestling business. we got to look out for it. the brotherhood, and it's uh got to look out for each other. And I just, at that time, I didn't feel he was looking out for my best interest in the ring. And That's funny because I was, when I was in the ring with him, I put him over like a million dollars. I know, I know what you're saying. I sold the eye, like I lost my eye, like a million dollars for him. I know that put saying. him over so huge. Do you think I would legitimately do that for him? Do you think he would legitimately be able to take my eye out? Do you think anybody coming at me with my own machete would be able to do that? I don't think so. No. Tell me, how long have we known each other? Almost 20 years now. Do I ever, who do I put over first, myself or somebody else in the business? Someone else. That's the way we were trained to be, and that's how we do it. Not everybody was trained that way, though. I'm sure Nick was trained that way, but whether he does it or not, that's pretty obvious. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't know what to say, man. I, I definitely wanted you know you to be able to get your own you know opinion and your words out there because I mean guys fresh out of prison are going to get a million opportunities at a shoot interview, and maybe not everybody he talks about is going to have their own opportunity. So yeah, I wanted to at least give you a forum, man. Well, that's kind of funny that you know Nick says that. You know, he, uh, I heard in one interview that he, uh, went from maximum security to medium security to minimum security, but he, anybody that stepped up to him, he would either slap him or punch him. Now, I myself have been in jail also, and I guarantee you that if you're going to hit somebody, you're not going to get moved out of that prison. In fact, you're going to get a longer sentence. So, yeah. Maybe maybe it's just me being weird again. I don't know, but that that just doesn't add up. Yeah, I would agree. So, I guess Jay, is there any other questions you have for me or anything cuz Not really, man. I just I just wanted to give you your forum. Uh how how you think about those cabs chance? I'm sorry. What was that? I said, how are you thinking about those Cavs chants in the rest of this finals without Irving? I don't know. I heard a lot of people say that, you know, it was going to go six games. Now it's going to be a, a sweep. I don't necessarily think that. You know, they uh, didn't do very good against the Bulls when they had a week off, but then all of a sudden they turned around and put them away pretty handedly. So I think LeBron's going to rally these guys around himself, and that bench is going to – start playing, you know, like they did in the Boston series and the end of the, the the Chicago series and at the end of the Atlanta series. And I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to win the championship, but I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think they're going to take them at least six or seven games. Yeah. Better watch yeah, out next year when healthy and so is love healthy, though. So who do, you, um, who do you think the Browns quarterback is next year? <laughs> it could be Toby for all I know at this point. <laughs> it might be Eric. I don't know. Off a knee surgery and uh... <sighs> I had hope in Manzel until he threw a water bottle at somebody last weekend. Uh, <laughs> just last weekend you lost hope in that guy? I don't know. No, I mean, coming out of rehab, I mean, he spent three months in rehab and stuff, and he sounded like he had finally turned the corner and – You know, I understand how it is. He had somebody heckling him, shooting on him, if you will. He probably lost his cool. I can completely understand that. So I definitely think that, you know, Josh McCown's going to start the season, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see uh, Manziel towards the, you know, the middle to the end of the year. But, you know, with that offensive line, that's one of the best offensive lines in all of – football you never know you never you never know what what McCown can do when he has a good offensive line in front of himself and he's not uh running for his life every play right yeah I, I thought uh Brian Hoyer was looking excellent before he got injured and after that everything got scrambled and kind of reshuffled well, his back he uh he was definitely when uh uh oh Who's the one player? I can't even think of his name already. The wide receiver. The pothead. Who is it, Toby? Uh, Cribs. Not Cribs, right? 
No, not Cribs. Uh, the guy suspended from Cleveland? Yeah. Uh, anyways, when he came off the suspension, you could tell that, you know, Hoyer was definitely – he wasn't going through his progressions and he wasn't checking down, and and he was definitely looking for him every play. So right. I think that's his, you know, his own downfall, whether that was by, you know, management or his own thing, we'll never know. But I don't know. Win, lose, or draw, I'm always going to be a Browns fan, you know. No matter what happens, they'll go 0-16, and I'm still going to bleed orange and brown just like I bleed black and red. Yeah, man. So, all right, man. Um, Like I said, it's still a little tough to hear you guys. Um, It's all coming through on the recording, though, so it's all good. I definitely want to talk to you guys again soon. Um, Can I say Thanks for calling in. Can I say one last thing, All right. Nikki? (laughs) <laughs> Put that speaker right up to your ear right now because I want you to hear this real, real good. I don't know if this was all just a work by you or you running your mouth. I don't care. So listen good. You might have been in prison for a while, but I was out here living life on life's terms. I went through some shit, brother. <laughs> I'm not the same person. In fact, everything that I went through was just one more brick that was stacking myself up. Getting angrier and angrier as the years went by. So I tell you what, brother, right now, I'm like a big black label powder keg. You want to be that man? You want to be that guy? Go ahead. Light my fuse, bitch. I dare you. All right. So, yeah, guys, uh, again, thanks for calling, and um, you're you're welcome to, you know, call in any time, and uh, it's good to hear from you. And I uh, wish you guys all the best. I said hopefully talk to you again soon. All right. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, like I said, I hope everything came through clear on the other end. It sounds really, really bad through my um, my uh, ear, you know, at least uh, with the iPhone. Um, it's not the iPhone. It's the blog talk. Like I said, the, the screen is telling me crazy shit, you know, telling me that their people are working on this and that. The best I could do is what I did. Um, I hope everything came through clear for everybody else. Um, so, with that being said, I will uh, talk to you guys on Wednesday. My guest will be the ultra-violent beast, Masada. Check out, um, check me out on Wednesday. So, um, I think that's all I got for tonight. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Ah, shit. There we go.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.